Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Saturday Morning Sports Emporium. My name's Justin Lee, and I'm joined by Adam Swenson and Brandon Lee. Good morning, gentlemen. Hello, guys. Flawless. We are flawless and smooth as always. Welcome to this edition, and today is the, what, uh, 19th of June, back on after a few weeks off, and got plenty of things to cover as we're winding down NBA and NHL seasons. We'll talk a little bit of NFL, a little bit of golf, but we'll also talk a fair amount about Tiger baseball, quite a bit going on there. A lot of it surrounding the injury list because that's just kind of what we talk about every time, every year, it seems for the last couple of years. So all that and um, whatever other shenanigans we seem to get up to on this Saturday morning. Of course, you know, I say Saturday morning because that's when we're recording it, and it is the Saturday Morning Sports Emporium, but you might be listening to this at any time, day or night, so I suppose I shouldn't say morning. It's very confusing, very confusing. But then again, life is confusing. But before we go wax philosophical on the meaning of life, let's talk a little Tiger Baseball because that's much more interesting. Um. So it's been really interesting also to see how they play. Um, it's it's they, they go in spurts. It's like terrible, just 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 eye gougingly bad baseball for a few games. And then they go sweep somebody and, and just play really good baseball. And then they just are terrible again. And I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. I don't know what you guys think. No, no, I think you make a great point, Justin. I mean, it has been a, you know, a, <laughs> we we talked about this at the end of the, uh, our, our Tiger discussion last time, where uh, we had all noted that we were very curious about how this team was going to play, uh, considering the schedule that they had. Uh, going into, um, uh, you know, right after the last show. Uh, so, for example, had you told me that this team that had been playing, you know, pretty good baseball, or, or at least we'll, we'll say respectable baseball, was then going to, you know, go into New York uh, against the Yankees and sweep them in a weekend series, I would have told you, step back, relax, maybe get a doctor visit in, you know, do 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 something to kind of, you know, get yourself regulated a little bit, right? Uh that that was and and in the meantime, really when you look at how well they played uh, you know, in general, think about what May 5th or something like that. There are a few games over 500 if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and and when you start digging in further into the details, there have been performances that have been pretty impressive, especially on uh, how bad that they started. Letha Johnson's scope, you know, and 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 uh, uh, Tariq Skubal, who you know didn't start and now seems to be, uh, you know, you know, getting himself uh, on on a bit of an upswing. Uh, and and that list is long. But to your point. It is tough, especially too. Then they were kind of struggling there a little bit. Then they, you know, went into Kansas City. No, Kansas City's not, you know, a barn burner team by any stretch, but they really managed that series very well. I mean, and, and especially considering 
the the you know the injuries that they've been going through and and uh, um you know and, and and I don't know if the rumor is true but I don't know have they called you to start getting your arm warmed up Justin a little bit because uh, Lord knows they need someone in there. Well, that's actually a good point. Uh, the Tigers called me repeatedly last week uh, after that game where Lang and Boyd both went on the DL. I the next day. I got like three straight calls from the Detroit Tigers and I'm like, Oh guys, come on. I haven't thrown in a year and a half. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I'll give it my best, but uh, you know, and um, you know, I'll, I'll take the salary though. But anyway, um, yeah, it's been pretty brutal in terms of, of injuries as well. We'll get to more of that in a second. One thing I did want to say, Adam, to your point is, and this is something we talked about last time and I think even the time before that, is Jonathan Scope wasn't going to hit 100 all season long. I mean, he was going to he was going to regress to the mean. You know, I mean, it, it, it just, that's what was going to happen. Um, and And so we are seeing a certain... You know, getting back to normal, so to speak. Scoobal is obviously very talented. He, you know, he was going to improve. I mean, these things were going to happen. And then we're starting to see some good results. But the Tigers have made some really interesting roster moves, too. Again, don't want to get to that quite yet. But one thing, and I'll throw it over to you, Brandon, is you asked me, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, if it was safe to get a Casey Mize jersey. And I'm going to say yes, it is. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, his improvement's been really nice to see. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're just fascinating, you know, uh, and I think, you know, you're, you're beginning to see maybe a, a bit of an ability to spot, you know, how they're going to have proceed roster wise next summer or excuse me, next, next fall. Um, and that's good. That's a good thing. You know, if they, I really think that these next couple months will, will really tell the tale for where they're at, you know, if they continue at this pace, where they're playing 500 baseball and they're inching up around 75 wins, then you got to say that everything is on track and that, you know, Alavila has a, a, you know, a year, year and a half, a critical year, year and a half in front of them to, you know, start to get up towards, you know, division contending range, wildcard range, right? If they slip, you know, and go 10 games in the other direction, then you got to go, what was the point? You know, right. You know, if they're in, that's tough. That's a, that's a fine line, right? I mean, you know, they're at 66 wins at the end of the year, you're kind of going, what's the point of all this, you know, uh, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not really going where we need to. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt now because of the way they're playing. Uh, I think it would help if they had a four hitter, uh, because, you know, at this point, you know, things have flipped, you know, it's not, guys are producing, you know, they're protecting Cabrera as much as he's protecting them now, at least scope, uh, mm-hmm. you know, while he's, you know, uh, in Babe Ruth mode. So, uh, <laughs> It really is to me that ten game swing that will tell the tale one way or the other. And that's a good thing for us to look at at the end of the year because I, I do really like that thought of, you know, th- this is this has got to be it. They have got to show that they're headed in the right direction. This won't be a winning season. Um, they're not that's going okay. to playoffs. That's exactly. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it would be nice though if they weren't injured all the time too, though. Go ahead, Adam. What I guess when we're saying, you know, in the right direction, I think one way to do it is measure it by wings, right? But are there individual or or uh, more um, specific areas that you're wanting to 
get a feel for as to whether or not this organization is headed in the right way. I mean, so for for example, if if I were being if I was asking myself that question, a uh, one is that the I've got to get to a point where I'm really comfortable with the direction of the starting pitching. I now for now sure. mind you, I think that the challenge here is that between Casey Mize and Terry Scubel, they're going to be running out of innings that they're going to pitch this year. So we're going to know that a lot sooner rather than later, right? Now mind you, now the next thing will be more along the lines of where's Matt Boyd and where's Spencer Turnbull. You know, th- those are the guys that I'm really looking at getting a feel for in this organization about where they're at. But in the meantime, then getting a feeling for as transitory as the the uh, as the rules are, the bullpen is something I I don't know if I'm able to going to be able at the end of the season get a good good handle about whether or not there's a good bullpen foundation outside of maybe uh, Michael Fulmer and and maybe Daniel Norris, right? Uh, but then I don't know what to take away from the hitting because. It sucks patchwork at this point. That that's that's the area that I you know maybe you look at a Jake Rogers and you see if whether or not he actually does continue developing uh, at least as an offensive player. Um, but I mean, when when I'm looking at the hitters, uh, I mean I don't know. I mean Robbie Grossman has been a good player, but I'm not necessarily thinking he's a a a, a piece, if you will. Uh, Victor Riaz is a guy that, uh, you know, I, I'm not expecting to really get much of a read because I think what Victor Riaz is, is what he is. Now, the Castros, maybe maybe those are the guys that we can kind of take away uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, where they're at. Maybe uh, a Daz Cameron or Isaac Freitas. But I really think that for the most part, my, t- my interpretation of the future of this team is still going to go back to being uh, looking at that starting pitching rotation. So Yeah, I mean, I think well, the one piece we haven't discussed yet that's critical is what they do in, in a month. You know, what do you do with Matthew Boyd? You know, injuries notwithstanding. I mean, that that is a – or even Fulman. Like, those are pivot moments. And to me, what they do with those guys is going to tell me where they think they are. 100% agree. The bad part is Boyd's not coming back till after the All-Star break. Um, they did confirm that it's tendonitis and not something structural. Um, he's going to start a throwing program uh, here shortly, uh, but they don't expect him until right after the All-Star break. Um, and so there's good, and, there's good and bad to that, though, Justin. You know, Boyd comes out of the All-Star break and throws two complete, you know, you know, quality starts, true. and you're getting more than for him than you were going to get if he was meandering along regular. I mean, that's just the desperation of the contending teams around the trade deadline to overpay. You know, if you see yeah. the hint that they're going in the right direction, you plop down, you know, uh, a big spend for, especially a guy that young. Yeah, yeah, and the Tigers need to trade Boyd if they can. Um, that that's got to happen this year. Um, Turnbull, unfortunately, they have not pinned down exactly what's going on. They're just calling it a forearm strain. That's terrifying, um, and he's out till at least the break as well. Um, I, I, you know, what on earth? Earth and again, we're, we're I'm I'm jumping us all over the place here a little bit, but, but what on earth is going on with Tiger starting pitching the last three years, four years, with the injuries? I, I mean, there's been a lot of pitching injuries in baseball, um, but my God, uh, it's it's brutal. I mean, you're again, you're looking at three guys who were supposed to be uh, 
you know, uh, they were in the opening day starting rotation in Boyd, Turnbull, and Tehran. And and three very solid guys, you could say, are going to go out and throw at least 150 innings for the love of God and not be terrible. And they're all on the DL. Like, like wh- how do you as a team even get past that? We got Willie Peralt starting tonight, okay? Willie was last seen at a donut shop. You know, I, I mean, it, oh, yeah, I just, you I, know, I mean, I, I think there's there's a small point and a bigger point. I think the smaller point, you know, is perhaps is there a pattern emerging with how the Tigers handle pitchers? I don't know. There's been coaching changes, uh, but I mean, yeah. the bigger picture is the injuries in baseball. I mean, you know, Cleveland's without Blasek and Bieber, right? I mean, it, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, the Dodgers are without Bellinger, Seeger, and somebody else big, like, or not Bellinger. Uh, yeah, Bellinger. You know, I mean, the injuries are rampant right now in baseball. Maybe because of the off year last year? Maybe. I mean, they're rampant in the NBA, too. We'll get to that when we talk about the NBA playoffs. There's, there's the ninth All Star. This is a game for this playoffs thus far. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just it's it's really difficult. I think here's to get my question, complete. I guess, to you, Justin, on Boyd. You know, and 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 I don't necessarily disagree that they should move him for max value, but I guess my question is, what is the Tigers' pathway to, you know, a middle to upper eighty win season, or even you know a a five hundred season next year if you get you let a guy like Boyd go, maybe move one of the other ancillary, a Grossman or whatever, who you may not have brought back anyways, but I mean. The spend you're going to have to pass, you know, to approximate some of the production they're getting and advance it, you know, it's going to require, you know, a significant spend this offseason or or a very large deal, you know, during winter meetings. I think um, I think that's kind of the ticket um, is is they have to go out and sign a number one guy next year. They have to go out and sign a horse. And with whatever money it takes, it's time. Their payroll has been very low. Um, it's it's if they're serious, if if they're serious about contending next year, which they better damn well be, because that we've reached that point. We've reached that point, and I've been very protective of the organization to this point. But but we're here now, and they got to go out and get that guy who's going to protect those young guys. And Mize and Scooble and Manning, who looked real solid in his first start, we'll see how he, you know, works his way through. But, you know, you got guys like that. We got more arms behind them. Um, so you got to go out and you, you have, and we still got Turnbull. You, you go out and you sign a number one guy and probably one other low-end veteran just to see what they can do, like a Urania or whoever. Yeah. And that's that's how you're running. Now, look, let's say we can't move Boyd. Let's say he doesn't come back or his first two starts back are, are bad. If he's one of the guys you go in with next year, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I, I do think it's time to move him if it's at all yeah. possible. And a good question on Fulmer, too. I'm not sure. Um one other player I did want to bring up, though, was Daniel Norris. Adam, you had mentioned him. He's looked real rough these last uh, few outings. His ERA is up over six. Is the magic finally worn off? Because, boy, did he look good the last couple of seasons. Yeah, no, he's one of those guys where, I mean, 
Uh, if you're going to use the word enigma uh, in baseball, <laughs> I think he's probably one of those where um, <clears throat> with all these guys, I mean, even you look like Matt Manning. I mean, there's a guy that was not pitching very well at all in the minors, right? I mean, he, he, he had been, and now he got up here and he got with Chris Fetters a little bit. Uh, and, and, you know, Chris Fetters is only one person and he's been performing some really incredible magic with, you know, these, you know, different uh, pitchers to have a rough, uh, you know, some rough patches. Uh, and I think in that particular case, it, it'll be interesting to see whether or not, uh, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Norris can, can go ahead and <clears throat> get the appropriate, um, uh, um, you know, you know they, they're, they're able to go ahead and address that. But, you know, the good news about this, I mean, he's like maybe Joe Jimenez is kind of coming around a, a little bit. So so that's kind of good news. Uh, and, and, of course, his narrow has been absolutely incredible in that, uh, um, uh, you know, in, you know, compared to what his expectation, the expectations, I think, of, of fans, uh, you know, for him. And, uh, uh, again, you know, between uh, Federick and A.J. Hinch, the, the, you know, them doing their powerful lever pulling uh, with that bullpen, I, I really – you can't help but not respect the uh, the work done because I, I think you know without those two guys on this you know in this organization this year this is a a lot more of a rough watch uh, in 2021. Uh, but because of their work uh, with that bullpen and and you know with the starting pitching and and, and that uh, they've been able to uh, uh, you know make make a few things happen. So well, and I will say bullpen management has been much better this year um i think some of it has to do with just the arms getting better and what have you but as much as there have been times where i've thrown out my arms at pitching changes because we're going to do that till the end of time um with managers we're going to second guess from the seats he has done a really nice job uh, gregory soto uh, another guy who um is is finally harnessing you know his raw talent Brian Garcia got off to a rough start. He's thrown better recently. So some of these guys who've been in the organization for a while and are starting to settle in, they're in their mid-20s. It's like, this is this is the direction we need that to go. Tyler Alexander has done a fine job. Kyle Funkhauser, surprisingly, has been real solid this year. I, I've been confused for a long time as to why we've held on to him. You know, two years ago, his ERA in Toledo was like nine. And I'm like, okay, why is this guy still on the 40 man and not, you know, some of these other guys? Um, so so it is interesting to see some of these arms start to get better. And I think that's going to help uh, considerably. But let's, let's also talk about uh, the roster moves because this does get to – the whole concept of what direction are the Tigers going? And most notably, um, DFA Wilson Ramos. Um, uh, that actually caught me by surprise. Yeah. Um, I, I really thought they would bring him back just as that veteran guy, um, even if they carried three catchers because Haas can play in the outfield. Um, you know, uh, Grayson Greiner was just optioned back to Toledo. Instead of coming back from his injury, they just sent him out right to Toledo. Um, so they're like, okay, we're going to give Rogers his shot. Uh, we're going to give Haas the opportunity to play up here. They DFA'd Jacoby Jones, which we had talked about, and how long was that going to last? They DFA'd Buck Farmer. They had to bring him back because, again, they were calling me. If it's between me and Buck Farmer, you got to go with Buck Farmer. So, <laughs> um, you know, 
but 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 it's it's clear the Tigers are at the point where they're saying, okay, we're going to cut ties with some guys if that's what we got to do in order to get the young guys up. Uh, at least that's what I see. I'm curious what you guys are thinking. Well, I mean, obviously with Ramos, I mean, between, uh, um, you know, the uh, play that they got from Rodgers and Haas that, you know, I mean, they, that, that was a safe move along with the Griner move, right? Uh, you know, in terms of Jacoby Jones, it, that, that's another one where, man, I mean, you know, in the last couple of seasons, if he was healthy, he would have very good stretches both in the field and, boy, could he hit a baseball like a, like a, a shot right out of a gun for heaven's sake and at the same time if he can't stay healthy and i think you know my takeaway too with him especially this season the injuries had finally caught up with him right mm-hmm. and, and he just could not seem to turn the corner so yeah the and you know you kind of go back to the conversation about the and the point that you brought up justin in terms of bringing in that number one guy and 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 i think that's the point is that you you're this is a team that maybe even more importantly, they're bringing in a number one guy on the pitching staff because I still think that's like a bit of a gamble. Uh, you know, take a look at a guy like Jake DeGrom, where, I mean, unmo- just completely out of this world, unbelievable. Insane. But, you know, certainly, you know, how healthy is he is the real question. But I get over to the other side. They've got to bring in a bat. That That is, uh, I think, and, and that, that I think would go – and maybe that that bad is not maybe next year, but maybe it's the following year to be able to uh, go ahead and protect uh, uh, Green and, and, and Torkelson at that point in time, who I, I would think by 2023 should be up here, uh, you know, uh, on, on the big team. At that point, you bring in that that a number one bat to, to protect those guys. And assuming, of course, at that point that Miggy's probably no longer on the roster. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I <laughs> there's a lot of big decisions that come up on this team. I don't, by the way, there's a little bit of a consensus out there that if Spencer Turnbull is healthy, that he should be someone that they should be trading away. I really, really disagree with that based on what he will cost even in arbitration in the next couple of years. And he would be a, a really good arm to keep here if you're able to you know go ahead and keep him healthy and a much better option uh, is to as you stated trade a matt boyd at that point so that's yeah. where my brain i like the aggression of the moves absolutely you know i just i really do uh, i think they need the bat next year adam i think they need both you know uh, uh a veteran arm you know i mean there's gonna be a handful of you know guys that are at the tail end of their career that's gonna be free agents kershaw's gonna be a free agent Scherzer's gonna be a free agent you know do you take a flyer on a year or two with one of those guys you know and see what it looks like uh, but i think they need the bat next year i think they need a corner outfield power uh, or they need corner infield power uh you know you, you gotta start getting that kind of you know just standard production uh, in the middle of that order. Because, you know, what do they do with Scope? What do they do with Gross? If those guys don't come back, you don't have a bat order. You don't have the bats ready to go. You know, you hope Badu, you know, comes back and does well. You hope Candelario keeps it up. But, you know, I really do question at this point, what is their their roster pathway uh, right. to competitiveness next year without spending, you know, hundreds of million, you know, $100 million in free agency? Uh, well, and, and I think that's got to be it. Grossman yeah. is under contract for next year. Well, that's um, right. Uh, so he did have a two-year deal. He's not dealt, right? Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. So so they do have that. Um, and yeah, I guess I find it hard to disagree with that. There's there's got to be that bat that I mean you're not going to get a Cabrera Prime bat 
but there's got to be that bat that they were hoping Cabrera could be. At least and, 2080, you know? you got to get a 2080 guy in here. No, no doubt. And, you know, again, Cabrera is starting to tick towards probably where he's going to be for the rest of his career. Um, I mean, again, he wasn't going to hit, you know, sub 200 consistently. Um, he just, there's just too much talent. He was hitting the ball uh, here. I'll bring it up. He was hitting the ball too hard uh, to, you know, his expecting batting average, expected batting average was too high, but, uh, but in all seriousness, yeah, it's, it's really hard to disagree with that. Um but even you know, his numbers from last year to this year are much, much worse. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought you had a meritorious argument at the end of last year when you looked at his stats and you elongated them over the course of the season. You know, you, you kind of had to say, well, okay, I mean, you know, there there was that production, particularly towards the end, that was starting to heat up. But this year, I mean, he's almost at the same plate appearances, and he's way down across the board, all statistical mm-hmm. categories. You know, and his war is approaching negative one. Uh, which pretty much puts you out of baseball if you're not, you know, if you don't have a $30 million contract. Yeah, although I, I'm really trying to figure out what's going on with that because the game where he hit, um, what was it, he was three for four and what have you, his war dropped by point two after that game. And it's like, what, what did he do wrong? Um, you know, so I'm trying to figure yeah, out what's you know, going on with that. I guess, you know, for me, if I if I have to go one number, I go OPS for a guy that hits the for ball sure. hole. And yeah. it's 607. And that's just, not, you know. Not acceptable. Yeah, it's not major league baseball. What? what? One last thing about next season and the hitters. One of the things that at least my takeaway of free agency has been you've got your top 10, 20 players in all of baseball. They're going to get big bucks. Then you get that next tier. And there might even maybe a, a major difference in that next tier. But the point being, you get into that next tier, all of a sudden the salaries plummet in, in that next, we'll say, if you got your top uh, 5%, then you get into your next 25, 30%. What I think the Tigers really should be doing is looking at that 25 to 30%. Because what they've been doing is looking at the pretty good next uh, 60%. And, I, and, and with the way baseball is, where you only have about three to four handfuls of players that are making those ridiculous numbers, if you look at that next 25% layer, that's where I think the value becomes. And maybe maybe you, you overpay a little bit. A little bit. I'm not talking crazy, but but get into that tier of players. If you're able to go out and get two of the guys to then go along with, you know, late in the season with uh, Green and, and Torkelson getting up here, and you know, maybe you're able to keep Grossman and, and, and Scope, then you, I, I just feel as if we, you've got a potential of putting out a decent lineup at that point, and maybe a guy like Daz Cameron or one of these rookies that they've been bringing up, um, or the Castro brothers continue to evolve. So that's another thought. Yeah, I really think they need a twenty million dollar player free agency at both the pitching and, and position players to be competitive next year, to have a chance. And that's with a lot of the things you mentioned Adam, already happening. You know, uh, you know, do you go throw, you know, another, you know, 25, 30 million at Castellanos? Do you, do you try to take a flyer on Martinez? But, I mean, I'm, I'm asking, I mean, I, no, but... I do not understand how you get to middle upper eighties wins without doing stuff like that at this point. It's I... like, it's like, it's like, you've got to start the spend. 
I, I think there's way more potential of finding those guys from a hitting perspective than I think from a pitching perspective, because then I, I think you, well, you when you get the, 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 right. Well, I mean, we talked about bringing in that number one pitcher and I think that, yeah. And that's a little more daunting than it, it appears. So well, what, what about the, well, so for you, you heard it here first folks, Justin Verlander, he is a free agent next year. He won't have pitched basically. Would they be able to get him on a flyer and just see what happens? And think about how much goodwill in the community and butts and seats you put by bringing him back. Just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, no, no I think that's a legit thing. I would also throw out Carlos yes. Correa, you know, who had a very good relationship with Hinge, I believe. And I don't know if the Astros let him go, but yeah, but 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 you're you're headed in the direction I was headed next. Is what about a shortstop? What if that's the guy they bring in as the number one bat? Um, now, that said, best free agent we're looking at shortstop-wise is Marcus Semyon, who is definitely not who you would say is like the, the, the big, big bat, but he's been a really solid baseball player for, what, eight, nine years? Um, Simmons probably, is going to be out there. Yeah, you know, I think Trevor Story will be available. I don't, again, I don't know. Really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay. So Trevor Story, that would be uh, that would be pretty but, cool. Yeah. You know, Simmons. The, the, will the Rockies throw twenty eight million dollars at him? Thirty million dollars, probably. But you know what I mean, like. But but that's the mindset, right? That the Tigers have to be in. They're going to have to overpay. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, last thing on the Tigers, uh, just wanted to say that um, once again, if you said Spencer Torkelson was a bust after spring training in a week, uh, you're you're a moron. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to reiterate that. Uh, so he's up in double A, already hit like a 500-foot home run in double A. Um, and Green's having a really, really solid year. Uh, Dylan Dingler has moved up already to double A. Um, keep your eyes on these kids. Um, and last thing, Kristen Stewart hitting 191 in triple A. So his uh, his days are likely numbered as well. With that said, let's move on over to the NBA playoffs. And um, as we mentioned in Tigerland, in baseball in general, quite honestly, injuries are, you know, are rampant. Same story here with the NBA. Do you want to kick us off, B? Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, very prominent commentary from uh, some of the stars of the league. Of course, LeBron this week came out in a series of tweets basically trashing the league. Uh, for not creating more spacing between the games. It's evident on the floor what's happening uh, yeah. from an injury standpoint. And the, the injuries are conditioning and rest injuries. There's a lot of hamstrings, calf strains, some ankle stuff. You know, these are not like the ACL tears and, and things of that nature. These are wear and tear injuries. Uh, and it's really diluting uh, the, the playoffs. But, you know, at the same time, I think the big theme of the playoffs, and Adam, curious to your thoughts, but the big theme of the playoffs has been the dethroning of, for in large respect, the NBA elite class of player by, you know, a collection of guys under 25, really, and right around 25. You know, the staff is out, didn't make it. You know, LeBron gets knocked out early. You know, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the Trey Youngs, Devin Bookers, DeAndre Ayton, like these guys are, they're taking over the league quick. You know, Jokic, who won the MVP, you know, like, you know, Durant and Harden, they're trying to hang on, but, you know, the, the veteran teams, you know, are, are really struggling. And the idea of the super team, you know, which has dominated the NBA really for the past six to seven years, you know, they're starting to get dethroned. You know, again, the Clippers 
you know, managed to sneak through, but the Nets are in trouble tonight. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, and I mean, to add to that list, if, if Milwaukee loses tonight, I wonder if that's going to be maybe the end of that particular era, right? Oh. Where I think, and, and I don't know, when, when you're watching Giannis on the floor, and, and it wasn't the last game, but the other, you know, the game before where they were up a fair amount and all of a sudden Durant just took took the game over, right? And uh, uh, him and Harden just said, no, no way. Uh, we're, we're, but then but then what ended up happening was that played a, a large role in the next not playing very well against the Bucks the next night, right? Um, but uh, so, so you look at that era, um, you know, I don't think anyone, I, I don't know anyone that sits there and they're, hey, they're disappointed by the Lakers coming to an end because Anthony Davis just ended up, uh, I don't know, he, he certainly doesn't have a lot of popularity points in my book uh, from an NBA per, uh, player perspective. And I know there's absolutely no love lost with LeBron losing anything. Um, and uh, but to your point, yes, I mean, when you look at Trey Young and, 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 and the, the incredible series he had, uh, next, even though that they, they lost, they look to be a, a formidable power going forward. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I mean, as you're, as you're sitting there, you're, you're, you're looking at all these things happening, you're, you're correct. There, there has been a major transition. Now, I, I guess, guys. I don't know. I mean, so they didn't play a full season. They played 70 games this season. They did play the play-in games, which kind of added a little bit of, of weight toward the end. Uh, then they're playing the playoffs, where they're playing every other night, which has basically been the model for the most part of uh, until you get into the later rounds where there's more spacing. Uh, but, you know, eventually you want to get to the off-season so that they have a full off-season to have, too. So I don't know what the I mean, as much as I'm hearing complaining about it, I'm not really, I'm not aware of any solutions being provided uh, to it. Because otherwise, you're looking at, again, stretching the season into almost August, and I, the players would complain about that too. So I, I don't, there's not a great answer to any of that. Hard to argue with that, to be honest. I mean, what, what do you do? Um, there's really not much unless you were to delay the start of the next season, but I know they want to get back to some level of normalcy. Um, I mean, it is what it is, but, but again, they're reaping the rewards of playing the games in a more compact fashion. You're going to have more injuries. Um, you know, the right. way basketball is played, it's, it's these, you know, spurts of just, incredible athletic activity and that's when strains happen that's when these these type of injuries the muscle injuries and what have you happen um you know humans are a little um are a little bit fragile in that particular type of activity and again this is something we've talked about in the past of you know the heavy duty training does that make people more susceptible to these types of injuries and so on and so forth and i would love to see studies on that and what have you you know maybe someday when i have some free time or something and get my doctorate um but anyway um any other thoughts before because the next thing i want to get to is the the uh the resurgence of blake griffin which by the way y'all made fun of me for saying that he was going to have uh a uh he, he was going to have an uptick, but uh, in any case, uh, he's had, you know, uh, he's played quite well in mm -hmm. the playoffs. Um, yeah. 
And then but there's been a lot of former Pistons in the playoffs uh, yeah. make, making some noise. No, you got uh, uh, Will Kennard uh, was doing. Reggie Jackson had been playing quite a role. I mean, if you want to go way back, uh, Chris Middleton on the uh, uh, Buck was playing a, 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 a big role. I think I counted last night. I was talking with someone. There's like 12 former Pistons, including Blake Griffin. Um, and uh, it's, uh, uh, someone wanted to throw in Donovan Mitchell, which I thought, no, that you you can't do that. That that we're, we're, they had to wear a Pistons jersey because you can't because otherwise you'd have to include Devin Booker too. So uh but 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 you can't do that. But but to your point, Justin, you you're right. It, it is amazing. Uh someone did point out, I guess uh, Luke Kennard has got a new four year contract for sixty four million dollars uh with uh, uh the um uh you know the Clippers. Uh so um you know good for uh Luke uh not exactly the Contavious Caldwell Pope uh contract I was like to refer to because he signed that within about he's got a twenty year Four year, twenty million a year, like for three years with the Lakers. It was like a two week after Max Stafford signed this twenty eight million dollar, you know, you know, quote unquote, incredible NFL QB contract. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you're gonna, you know, you got uh, some kids, uh, try to raise them to be a, a decent three point shooter, and they should be able to make fifteen million dollars a year in the NBA. So, uh, but, but. You know, going back to your point, I mean, yeah, the the, the form of Pistons is uh, uh, definitely uh, highly impactful. So, so sure. two, two, two more uh, NBA points. One, um, I, I never, ever want to see Stan Van Gundy in a, a role uh, in an NBA front office again. The fact that he even got hired again was ridiculous. And I and, and that goes to my next point. Um, it, it really does seem like there's a lot of momentum in the NBA of seeing a head coach, a, a woman head coach. Uh, and I think like Becky Hammond, I, I hope, gets a legit opportunity. Uh, of course, she's the uh, very, very longtime assistant uh, down in um, uh, uh, San Antonio uh, under Craig Popovich. And uh, uh, I, I'm very curious, especially with the NFL uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, vice president of player personnel, uh, now is, is a woman in, uh, um, uh, Kathleen, uh, uh, Kathleen, uh, Rach, uh, and of course, and then they also, um, hired a, um, uh, a Muslim, uh, female scout, uh, that I thought was very interesting within the Philadelphia Eagles organization and the, uh, um, uh, Denver Broncos did too, and and I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm curious about what the NBA does because uh, uh, they're really probably the next uh, you know you think uh, the Florida Marlins already did their part uh, um, you know uh, in baseball uh, hiring a, a full time female general manager uh, and uh, you know it's interesting that the NFL of all leagues would have done it and I'm curious about uh, uh, you know, your thoughts, guys, with uh, Becky Hammond looking like she's uh, hopefully going to get an opportunity going forward, especially, like I said, in light of looking at a guy like Stan Van Gundy, who absolutely did not deserve that opportunity compared to a Becky Hammond. So. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, basketball is the sport most likely to have, the ma of the major four, uh, a female head coach, I think, not far and away. You know, I think from a, a – and this is a, a dicey statement, but from a parity standpoint, you know, I think – you know, soccer and basketball are really the two sports where there's a degree of uh, of some similarity between the way the games are played. Uh, you know, and there and there is there are stru professional structures that are at least somewhat analogous. Where in football, you know, in baseball, that you know, that just really even hockey, really, there really just isn't the case. You know, 
And so I do think that the NBA um, will have the first female head coach and hope it's soon. You know, there's, there's a lot of recycled, terrible head coaches in the NBA. So. And, and, and not just the NBA. Oh, sure. But certainly true in the NBA, and perhaps even more so there. Although, I mean, you could, God, this is such such a a topic that we've again touched on time and time again, of when NFL coaches get brought back from the mausoleum, and and yet it's not, and, and these other six or seven young coaches, oftentimes minority coaches, get passed over. And I mean Tony Larusa and the White Sox. I mean, I mean what what planet are you on that they thought that was a good idea? And maybe, I don't know. They're playing well, so maybe it was a good idea. But why on earth are some of these guys getting recycled when you have other folks out there who can also get the job done? And I hope that that transcends all of the sports. And if Becky Hammonds doesn't get brought on, I hope that the NBA does an infinitely better job of getting more black head coaches. And in a league that has done a very poor job of that, I'm hoping to see guys like Chonky Billups and uh, there's a slew of other uh, black, potential black head coaches um, uh, um, that are out there that really absolutely deserve to have an opportunity. Uh, and I think one organization that for sure should be doing uh, would be the Boston uh, Celtics. So. Absolutely. So, you know, NHL is certainly uh, guilty of this too, of, you know, having head coaches again, come back from, you know, uh, come back again from the dead to, uh, to re-coach, but uh, not, not to dive into that or the, the Blash Hill situation of him, of him staying on and what have you, but uh Instead, talking about the Stanley Cup Finals, because that is where we're at. Um, Steve Eiserman's former organization, the Lightning, uh, playing against the Islanders. Tampa's up uh, two to one. Um, was there a game last night or was it tonight? I actually am so far behind on life. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, last night was the uh, uh, Vegas uh, the Canadians. Go- yeah, Vegas and the Canadians and the Canadians uh, ended up winning in uh, overtime in that particular yeah. game. So they're up. Uh, Montreal up in that series two to one. Uh, granted, uh, you know, with the the way Vegas has been playing, I mean, they've they've played some pretty good hockey uh, mm-hmm. in, in this playoff. And I mean, a lot of people think they've played as good as anyone uh, uh, in in the playoffs thus far, especially based on the speed that they have on the ice. Uh, and uh, uh, but at the same time, uh, might have faced. Uh, I was a little uh, uh, taken back. I get somehow I wasn't aware of the uh, uh, the, the complete seeding, regardless of conference uh, in the NHL. Uh, and yeah. uh, that one threw me for a loop. I thought, well, wouldn't he Montreal? And I had to check the map there for a little bit about where Montreal was. So, um, but uh, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, that, that that's been uh, both of them have been pretty entertaining series at this point, and there's been a definitely a good number of entertaining uh, fast paced uh nhl games uh this uh this uh, playoff season so yeah i didn't entirely understand what they did with the playoff seating i didn't put a lot of uh a lot of energy into it and so maybe that's something we can look at for a future uh, a future show just to just kind of understand you know did this model work and if not or or if it did you know should other sports move to a slightly different 
um, slightly different structure to that. What's what's bouncing around in my head always when we talk about playoffs is the ridiculousness with baseball and the one game play in. Mm-hmm. Like like for basketball, that's a different story. That one game play in. Um, but baseball, it's just absurdity. It's 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 like doing something as stupid as having a runner and extra inning start on second base. Not that they would do that, of course, because that's so stupid. But, um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I digress. And, and the other thing, since our last show, uh, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, they we they did have the NHL draft lottery, and of course, they didn't get a, a great draft pick. They got once again six. So, I mean, if they were in Vegas and always betting six, they'd be big winners. But, but in in the meantime, they can't seem to get that that top one of those top picks. Granted, I'm not really aware. I, I haven't heard a lot of talk about, um, uh, you know, any sort of, of you know, once-in-a-lifetime player uh, in this particular draft. A little bit of reading that I've done, I, I've, I've not heard of anyone like that. So uh, it's not the end of the world, I guess, this year. So Same. All right. Um, moving on into the world of golf and uh, U.S. Open and all that good stuff. What's uh, what's going on there, Adam? Well, real quick, we do, we were on the last show. Uh, we didn't really. Uh, uh, we were in the middle of the PGA Championship, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. of course, in our mind, uh, you know, you know, Phil was there, but eventually Phil would go away, and and uh, you know, and then you know, they just would, be, and we'd you know, be talking about someone else. Then, and, and and I'll tell you what, the performance that he put on in that, especially you know, on the weekend, and being able to, you know, the number one driver off the tee uh, out of anyone. I mean, even breaking DeChambeau and, and those guys was just, uh, it was it jaw was dropping. And, and, oh, I, I mean, you're like, and I, I, it was like an alternative reality too, because it, it seemed like, you know, all these other players were doing the fill thing where they just usually would just get, you know, tripped up by something and it never, and, and Phil, Phil had a couple moments, right. But it seemed like again, and, you know, the one thing with him, not only the driving, but then that they just unbelievable, uh, just off the chart uh, short game that he has around the greens. And he was just so composed, which is, uh, uh, and he had talked a lot about the, the mental and emotional training that he's been under the last couple of, of uh, months, uh, really trying uh, to, to get going. And, uh, you know, and again, he was 155 in the world going into that. And then to be able to put on the performance was just, just incredible. But, uh, uh, and then, you know, their golf thing that was really, I, I was sitting there watching it when it happened. I mean, I'm watching uh, at the Memorial, John Rahm just putting on a show. I mean, he was flawless. And then to have that, that whole borderline spectacle happen when he, you know, was off the, you know, 18 green and the officials came out with the mask on saying, hey, you tested positive for COVID. You've got to withdraw. I, still to this day, I'm, I'm completely amazed by, by what happened based on how well he was playing and to have that, you know, just the bizarre buzzsaw of 2021 2020 2021 uh, uh you know take place so that uh brings us to uh now john rom uh in my mind when i'm looking at the the leaderboard uh you know uh, not the 48 year old richard bland that's never you know really barely made many cuts in his career let alone let a major after two rounds but uh the guys that i'm looking at john rom I, I think he's been playing as good a golf as anyone out there 
Uh, Bubba Watson, incredibly, I don't know if he's inspired by the Matthew Wolf story of some uh, mental illness challenges. And uh, Bubba has always been public about his own. And maybe he's kind of inspired at this point to, uh, you know, get going. But he's, and, and he's typically played pretty well at Torrey Pines. Uh, and then down below, a guy that had a rough day yesterday, Brooks Kepka, uh, but with a 73 after start with a 69. Uh, obviously, don't d dismiss him. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is right there, too. He's a guy that's actually not a guy a lot of people have been uh, talking about, uh, but a lot of uh, PGA Tour followers do. Uh, and then you you know kind of go down the list a little bit. Justin uh, Thomas, uh, Colin Marikawa, uh, and uh, Bryce DeChambeau. And the last, the last guy I'll bring up is uh, um, uh, Daniel Berger, who's a, a guy that has played very, very good golf uh uh, especially one Pebble Beach, I think, this year, uh, and uh, uh, a guy that uh, could very well uh, make a bit of a charge as we uh, go toward, as we record here Saturday morning of uh, U.S. Open weekend. So, All right. Any other uh, final thoughts on anything um, as we head down the home stretch here? Well, the next show, uh, you know, we'll, uh, uh, the NBA will have had their lottery at that point, and uh, we'll kind of know what the Pistons are, are doing. Uh, they they should be top five, and, and I think in this draft you have to be probably no lower than four. Uh, that's been, the, you know, the, the scuttlebutt if you're going to get one of the four big players. Um, so, uh, but in the meantime, you know, the, I think we're all kind of waiting to see what Troy Weaver does, uh, uh, you know, wheeling and dealing during this off season. Uh, uh, then before too long, of course, NHL will get their off season underway. Um, and we've talked about it on the last show. This is a really, really big season off season for, pro, for, for this Red Wings team. And maybe we'll have a few moves by then. Uh, Tigers will continue, uh, um, you know, moving down the road, and we'll be getting closer and closer to the trade deadline at that point. Uh, and, um, you know, and then we'll, we'll be down three majors uh, in golf, and uh, the Open Championship will be played the third weekend of uh, July, a month from now. And uh, that'll be, uh, you know, so many different stories there about guys that, you know, you know, really need those majors, right? And uh, um, they should be competing and, 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 uh, and whatnot. So, and of course, the NBA will probably be done with their season at that point. And, and the NBA Finals will prove to be probably extremely interesting to watch regardless of who's in there. So, Yeah, we'll be, um, we'll be depending on if it's three weeks or, or what have you, when we're on next, we're going to be right at the tail end of the NHL and NBA seasons. They both might still be going on. Um, hard to say. NBA might be done by then. I don't know their full... Um, uh, I don't know their full playoff schedules, but it's going to be right at the end of both of those uh, seasons. And then uh, we'll be right around all-star break for the Tigers as well. Who's going to make the all-star team from the Tigers? Because, you know, one Tigers got to make it. Um, I mean, wanna... it's scope right now. If it keeps going like this. That's true. Adam, do you have any Maybe, thoughts? I, I was thinking Scope or Robbie Grossman uh, or maybe Michael Fulmer. I was going to go with Casey Mize. So that's okay. my uh, okay. That's my guess. I, I want now, mind you, I'm wondering if there would be a request from the Tigers to have Casey Mize go to the Tiger, go to the All Star game, but not pitch. Yeah, I could totally see that. 
Yeah, go. Okay. And that's where I, I look at a guy like Michael Fulmer and they would maybe allow him to go and mm-hmm. uh he, he would be able to pitch and, and, and you know, you want you know, if you're gonna go, you wanna make sure that your guy gets in there, right? I mean you know, just think about it like a twelve year old, ten year old Tiger fan and you're you know, you stay up till four o'clock in the morning watching the All Star game <laughs> on a Tuesday. And the last thing you want to do, oh my guy didn't play. Come on. Yeah, I I do remember those days many, many years ago where the, the one time Tiger would make it, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to wait for Mickey Tettleton to play or something," and then <laughs> nothing would happen. I'm waiting for Mike the had... sweet serenade of Travis Fryman's swing. Uh, exactly. Oh, Mike Hanneman got it. Beautiful. <laughs> exactly. CJ Netowski, you say? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he ever went to an All Star game. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think he did. But boy, I don't have, think so. Uh, no. Going back to NBA real quick, Adam, you brought up uh, you know interesting conversation around you know the draft and where the Pistons land. It, it, the you know the recent deal, the big recent deal in the NBA, the Kemba Walker trade, leads me to believe that the Pistons are confident uh, in the guards that they can get in the draft. Otherwise, I think it would have seemed likely that they would have thrown their hat into the Kemba Walker, you know, trade sweepstakes. Yeah, because I. I mean to to get the body of L. Hofer back, you know, for the the Celtics. I I'm I'm trying to figure out what exactly, and I can you know, um, I I don't know what the strategy was there. So, uh, um, but in, in the meantime, Oklahoma City, and they they got draft capital up the yin yang. I mean, they, they have got, I what, think the most concentrated picks in like professional sports history. Yeah, it's like Over the next, next three six, years. It's close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, the next uh, I don't know. Look at next five years. They got seventeen first round draft picks. Or yeah, something. I believe so. What? 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 It's what? Insane. It, it, it's it's like almost it's basically like you know basically three first round draft picks for the next five years or something like that. So I, I forget what the ratio. I saw it on the television. I didn't record it though. So. So um, very quickly, the fact check department did look into C.J. Nitkowski. Um, he did not make an all-star game. I can tell you that in the five seasons that he played for the Tigers, he wore four different uniform numbers. That I can tell you. Um, does anyone want to take bets on his career war? No. Negative 1.4. You're very close. Negative 1. So... There you have it. Oof. And on that note, as we Basically, delve... you shouldn't even try. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. solid. He's a solid AAA guy. Yeah, yeah but I, got, I bet he made a good amount of money for being a subpar left-hand pitcher. Well, that is actually the key, being a lefty. Right? I mean, right. as soon as that happens... Uh, I mean, he made um, looks like about three point seven million in his career, give or take. Wow! Oh, what? Oh, was he more in the nineties? Was he more of a nineties guy? That yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, had he come in about ten years later, he would have been infinitely richer. Yes. Okay. Yes. And on that note, is he could buy a small country right now if he was pitching in the elevator. It's like a small Caribbean island kind of deal, you know? (sighs) This has gotten away from me. (laughs) 
control has been lost. So, on that note, and diving into the statistics of uh, C.J. Nitkowski, we're going to wrap up this edition of the Saturday Morning Sports Emporium. Like I said, when we're on next, we're going to be much deeper into the NBA and NHL playoffs if they are not concluded by that point, and we'll have plenty of midseason baseball and uh, probably some trade rumors to talk about and uh, some wrapping up of uh, majors in golf and whatever other fun things. Perhaps we can dive into the statistical analysis of Doug Brocale um, next time. On that note, for Brandon Lee and Adam Swenson, my name's Justin Lee. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Saturday Morning Sports Emporium. <laughs>